The fifth regular meeting of the Medford City Council will not come in order. Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Present. Vice President Carabiello. Present. Council Knight. Present. Council Marks. Present. Council Morell. Present. Council Scarpelli. Present. President Falco. Present. Seven present. At this time, I would ask everyone to please rise to salute the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Mr. President, motion to suspend the rules to take paper 2059, communications from the mayor. On the motion of Council Caviello, seconded by Council tonight to suspend the rules to take a uh, paper out order. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. Two zero zero five nine communications from the mayor. Joint resolution to make Medford hunger free. It is hereby re resolved by her honor, the mayor, Brianna Lungo Kern, the honorable Medford City Council and honorable Medford School Committee that, whereas hunger and poverty are issues of grave concern in the United States, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and the city of Medford, whereas Medford is committed to educating people about food insecurity in the important importance of food banks and alleviating hunger in our communities, whereas food insecurity is a persistent and significant reality in Medford, where one in 10 people, one in eight children, and one in 14 seniors do not know where their next meal will come from, whereas the Greater Boston Food Bank and its member agencies provide vital hunger relief services to our most valuable neighbors, whereas Medford shall strive to work with hunger relief organizations to make Eastern Massachusetts hunger-free by supporting access to three healthy meals a day for our, our residents in need. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the City of Medford, by her honor, the Mayor, the Honorable City Council, and the Honorable Medford School Committee, that, one, Medford, be, Medford will set the goal to be hunger-free no later than January 1st, 2028, and, two, that all residents of Medford are respectfully requested to take note of this joint resolution and participate, participate fittingly in achieving this important and worthwhile goal. Please have your name and address for the record, please. Yes, Brianna Lungo-Kern, 19 Richard Street, Mayor of Medford. Good evening, everybody. Thank you. To Good the new, two new councilors, you look very nice in those seats. <laughs> um, we're here before you. I have um, Sarah McGivern from the Board of Health, as well as our, the CE, COO of the Greater Boston Food Bank here with us tonight. Um, just to give you some statistics on hunger in Medford and obviously the Commonwealth, this is a pledge that was brought to my attention um, several weeks back and it's something that I believe strongly in and I'm sure you all do to try to reach the goal on or before, before would be great, 2028 to de declare Medford hunger free. Right now one in Ten people are hungry, one in eight children. There are children in our schools, families that we see at the baseball fields, um, seniors that can't get out of their homes. So I thank you for taking this pledge with us. The Medford School Committee voted last night unanimously to also take this pledge. Um, we have a number of different 
things we want to bring awareness to. One is the food, new food pantry, the grand opening that I hope you all could make is in a couple weeks. Um, the Walnut Street Center on Mystic Ave will have a, it has a beautiful pantry set up, so that is gonna help tremendously in our community. We also have a number <coughs> of micro pantries that have been installed up and around near at different churches. We have one being built by our Department of Public Works. I think they built it in one day that is gonna go up in front of City Hall. City Hall is gonna sponsor it. The mayor's office is gonna take charge. We're going to have everybody sign the proclamation and laminate it and put it on the side of the food pantry. So I'd love you all to get involved. Um, it's to spread awareness and to reduce the stigma for those that need help who are insecure when it comes to food, um, and this is just a great step in movement forward. So I would like to bring up the professionals on the, on the topic, and they've worked very hard on this, as well as a whole host of things in Medford, and we greatly appreciate the steps we've been able to take. Thank you. Thank you. Could you please have your name and address for the record? Of course. Um, uh, I hope you don't mind I read from notes. I made such a mess of it last night that um, I'll just read through this. Um, good evening, counselors. Uh, my name is Carol Tink, and I am a Medford resident living at 261 Governors Avenue. I'm also the Chief Operating Officer and Senior Vice President of Distribution Services at the Greater Boston Food Bank, the largest food bank in New England and the 12th largest food bank in the United States. I am here before you this evening to commend you on this proclamation and thank you for your leadership in this important step to ensure all Medford residents have access to healthy food. By setting this high standard, Medford will show other cities and towns in the Commonwealth <coughs> that there is not only a commitment to end hunger, but an action to end hunger. In the past two and a half years, in partnership with the city, the Malden YMCA, Project Bread, St. Francis, St. Ray's, and the Unitarian Universalist Pantries, and the Medford Schools, we've been able to move Medford from the third largest meal gap in eastern Massachusetts to the seventh place the third being we were only putting enough food in Medford for one meal a day for the people who need it. And just to give you uh, uh, an idea of how much that is, roughly 900 to, 100 to a million meals are needed in Medford annually to feed those who are not able to access food. So right now, we are about 200,000 meals short of that goal, a little bit more than 200,000, so we've made enormous progress in the last year. We, as, as the mayor rightly said, we're we're looking at that 2028 goal, but we're expecting to beat it. Uh, and certainly the new pantry will help support all the other pantries, but um, um, that has yet to be seen when it's open. Um, the um, hunger-free, that is access to hungry food is within our reach. Once we reach it, we need to sustain it. That will be the key to um, um, making this pledge what is really have feet. And again, we will use this as leadership a leadership opportunity for us to show other cities and towns in eastern Massachusetts and in the Commonwealth um, that this can be done. The Food Security Task Force will continue to be at the center of this work and I'm here to assure you that the Greater Boston Food Bank will stand uh, with this community in lockstep and certainly as I'm a resident I have a lot to uh, um, uh, hang my hat on to uh, make sure that that happens. I'm going to yield to my colleague from Project Red who will provide you with some more data. Hello, my name is Sarah Kluggish, and I'm a resident here in Medford. I live at 16 6th Street. 
and I'm the Vice President of Programs and Policy work at Project Bread. So you are very fortunate. You have two powerhouses right here in the city of Medford. Um, Project Bread has worked really closely um, over the last several years with Medford Public Schools. And this year, we helped to launch free breakfast in all of the school buildings across the city. Um, and we also work with um, the YMCA and with parks and playgrounds to provide summer meals to kids in need um, who rely on school lunch and school breakfast during the school year. Because we know that there are a growing number of kids who are struggling with food insecurity, and as I'm sure you're aware, there's even a growing number of kids who are struggling with homelessness here in this city, and so we want to ensure that kids always have reliable, healthy meals every single day so that they can grow and thrive and take advantage of all that Medford has to offer. So I thank you for your consideration around this pledge. Thank you for working together with us, Project Red, and with the Greater Boston Food Bank, and um, with the Food Security Task Force here. Thank you. Hi, I'm Sarah McGivern, 63 Watervale Road. I'm the Med Mass and Motion Coordinator in the Board of Health. Um, I'm the coordinator of the Food Security Task Force which convened about two years ago to work on issues related to hunger in our community. Um, we recognized that there were a lot of people that were trying to work on getting people food secure, but they weren't all working together. So in fall of 2017, we started meeting and um, trying to get some common goals. Um, the first thing we did was we <clears throat> did a food assessment for the city and we published this food plan, which I brought sh the summary copies for you. Um, so this food plan, we spent a lot of time writing and researching and looking at best practices from other communities and there are a lot of um, recommendations in there for what our city can do to become more food secure. Um, so at, that was published two years after we started meeting and now we're at a point where we're really proud because the school committee and the city councilor and the mayor and our leaders in our community are all coming together and saying that they're, you're, you're all coming together and saying you're making this a priority that we need to make sure that nobody in our city goes hungry. So we really thank you for this attention, uh, your attention to this matter. And also we are one of the first communities, we think probably the first community in the Commonwealth to be doing this, so thank you. Hello, good evening. My name is Marianne O'Connor. I'm the Director of Board of Health for the City of Bedford. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for putting forth this resolution tonight. It is truly a public health victory for the City of Bedford. To think there is one child, one adult, one senior citizen that doesn't know where their next meal is coming from in this country, in the state, is a tragedy. To know to the extent that it's happening here in Medford is really a call to action. And your resolution tonight is really a call to action for all the residents of Medford to get behind this effort to eradicate hunger insecurity in this community. I want to applaud the Food Security Task Force led by Sarah 
and the work that they've done. The food plan is really a blueprint for how we can achieve these goals. I also sincerely want to thank the Greater Boston Food Bank and the Malden YMCA for their efforts in helping us really move the needle tremendously in this endeavor. So again, thank you deeply from the bottom of my heart for this resolution tonight. It's great. Thank you. Okay. Oh, Councilor Carriello. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I want to applaud everybody for bringing this forward. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think people actually know uh, that uh, Medford has a food shortage. I think everybody thinks, you know, we're a nice, wealthy community. You're not wealthy, but, you know, and, every, and life is good here. But there are, there are many, many families that struggle um, with food and, and that I know of. And, you know, I've been happy to do my part with St. Francis uh, uh, Food Bank and uh, St. Ray's and the Unitarian Church over the years. And, and you actually get to see uh, the amount of people that do uh, need food on a weekly basis. And I, and I applaud um, the, the task force for bringing this forward. And I would like, uh, hopefully, uh, we can move up this date uh, to a closer date rather than the, the, the line. Um, can you give us the date for Walnut Street? I, didn't, I don't think you gave that. For the Walnut Street food. February 14th. February 14th, Valentine's Day. And can we urge people to bring donations that day? Excuse, excuse me, if you could come forward, just because there's people watching at home on TV and so everyone gets the correct information. I, I, I think it's going to be pretty crowded that day, okay. but if people do, I'm sure that they won't go wasted at all. But I, I know that the RSVP list right now is quite high. And I, I applaud you for your work at the food bank, too. I've been there, I've been there many times. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a much. great we, building, great facility. We appreciate that. Thank and, you. And we are, I am very proud to be a Medford resident and seeing this happen. This is great. Yeah. I was there. I was actually there for the opening when, when you opened it up. Where did you? Really? Yeah, a long That's time great. ago when you first opened. That's awesome. So, I say I commend you Thank for your you, work. Counsel. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Carviello. Councillor Marks first. Thank you, thank you Mr. President. Uh, I want to thank uh, Mayor Lungo-Kern for presenting this uh, joint resolution. Um, I also would like to thank uh, the Greater Boston Food Bank, as well as Project Bread, and our very own uh, Method Food uh, Security Task Force for doing yeoman's work on this subject. Um, the question I have, and, and maybe this is for our own task force, is that the 2019 uh, food plan goals, is, is that how we're going to arrive at uh, making Method hunger-free over the next several years? And if so, if you could describe, I know uh, there's some broad strokes listed, uh, removal of systematic barriers to food security, improve access to food assistance programs. H how will this be done in order for us to move forward? Well, this sheet that you have in front of you is a summary of the greater version of the food plan, which is on the city website, and it's really long and much more detailed. But I think the answer is that the Food Security Task Force is like uh, part of my part-time position in the Board of Health, and I'm the only person who's like kind of paid to be running it. It really depends on the partners <coughs> and the capacity that they have. Like, for example, this new food pantry that's opening on the 14th is a collaboration between the Malden Y and the Greater Boston Food Bank, and it's them who have decided to put their resources together to make this happen. I mean, the city is not paying for it or has, doesn't have a lot of control over how that happened. Um, besides just, 
you know, saying that there's a need, and then our partners that work in our city responded to it. But um, there are lots of ideas, but there's not really a concrete plan of like exactly what's going to happen when. Um, if you have an idea of how that could, how we could do something more detailed, um, let's set up a time to talk. Okay, uh, th thank you for that. Um, I, I think part of the, the concern that I see is uh, the fact that um, getting, disseminating information out to the public and how do we get into the circles where uh, we may have a, a larger need and uh, I'm not sure quite how to do that, to be honest with you, and maybe we can do some brainstorming. Um, in, in my other life, I, I work with homeless families, and I can tell you right now that uh, probably a majority, if not all, of our families that we service through the Department of Ho Housing and Community Development do have food insecurities. And uh, the Greater Boston uh, Food Bank has done tremendous work in assisting uh, 3,600 families currently right now that the state houses uh, to get them off the street. And um, in my opinion, uh, when you end uh, food insecurity, you also need to end uh, homelessness. And uh, they go hand in hand. Yeah, it's a really good point. And there's not, the reason why we have chosen to work on food is because it's a little bit easier than working on, say, the cost of living or fair wages or this big looming housing crisis that we have, like getting food to people compared to those other problems is a little bit easier. So right. <laughs> I no, don't have a good answer for you. <laughs> you know, I've been on this council uh, 18 years, and I can tell you over the last year or two, I received more phone calls from people that are living out of their car, that lived in the city, can no longer afford to live here, but maybe in their car living in the cemetery or behind uh, the mall, and it's happening more and more. And it, it's really at a point right now that I think we as a community have to step up, step up and address this issue that for years maybe just went under the radar, but I'm seeing it more and more. I'm fielding the phone calls now, and uh, you know I think we should work in conjunction uh, with uh, your task force as well as um, any other agency that would like to step up and assist our homeless families that are coming from the city. These aren't people that are just moving into the community. These are families that have lived here for many years that all of a sudden, because of the economy, they can't keep up and they yeah. become homeless. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's at an epidemic uh, uh, proportion right now. But I appreciate all the work you're doing. I, I do support this and will support this tonight. I appreciate you bringing all those issues up to the forefront because we see that every day becoming more and more of an issue in the Department of Public Health, even particularly for seniors who are trying to live in their homes who can no longer afford to keep them up or to, to, to stay there and, and issues snowball. Um, again, Sarah's position is part-time. It's grant-funded. Um, we don't know when that grant will end and it's unfortunately most of the work we do around these issues are not city funded, they're grant funded. So going forward, maybe we can have a discussion as to how we can sustain um, these wonderful jobs and positions that, that do this kind of work with city funding. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Council Marks. Council Pierce. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, and I just want to thank uh, everyone who's here. Um, 
And I also want to thank you for giving us multiple at-bats on this going to the school committee coming here because I don't think enough people in Medford know these statistics. They're pretty shocking. I'm just going to repeat them. One in ten residents of the city facing food insecurity. One in eight children facing food insecurity. One in 14 seniors facing food insecurity. And I think every time we can say that on public access television and wherever else so that people know it's a problem is important. Um, I think uh, Councillor Marks and Sarah and Marianne and others brought up really good point, which is that addressing food insecurity is an intersectional issue and the work that we do around housing affordability and the cost of living and the economy and making sure Medford works for everyone who lives here helps address this problem. That doesn't mean we don't have food plans and food-based solutions, but I think we need to think of it holistically. Um, I, in my other life, work with college students and, and workers on campuses, and this is a huge problem there. I was lucky enough to be at a Greater Boston Food Bank sponsored event and Project Bread and, and a bunch of others uh, talking about housing and food insecurity, homelessness and hunger on public college campuses. Upwards of 25% of students at community colleges in Massachusetts are facing hunger on a regular basis. Uh, upwards of 10% of community college students are facing housing insecurity or homelessness on a regular basis. So. Some of those people live here. Uh, some of those people live in Medford and go to school at these places. Um, and I, I just want to bring that into the conversation and, and thank the groups that are here who um, are working to address that. Um, I also want to thank the Micro Pantry Group uh, and the Board of Health as well. Um, Yeah, I, I think I've said almost everything I want to say, and I'm really happy about the intentional approach and the progress that we've made, but I, I want to make sure that we get the resources that we need to address it and that we can do our best to try to integrate food and food insecurity into the other conversations we're having about what it means to live in Medford. Thanks. Thank you, Council Beers. Council Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much, and uh, thank you, Madam Mayor, and to your team for uh, putting together such a well-thought-out uh, proclamation. Uh, ultimately, the matter before us is a comprehensive, data-driven, collaborative effort um, that was put together between community stakeholders um, working together towards a common goal. It's something that I support wholeheartedly today, Mr. President, and it's something that I'll support wholeheartedly in the future uh, when we continue to talk about ways that we can come up with uh, funding mechanisms to continue to uh, fulfill positions of vital need here in the community. So I thank uh, the administration for bringing this resolution and proclamation forward and um, would move approval on the matter. Thank you, Council Knight. <coughs> Councilor Morell. Oh, sorry. Councilor um, Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, I really just want to echo what my fellow councilors have been saying. I appreciate everyone for coming out, for the mayor for putting this forward, uh, and to Marianne for really putting a fine point on the fact that we have a number of great programs going on in Medford, but the funding uh, mostly comes from outside, or almost entirely comes from outside sources. Uh, I emailed Sarah about this, and she gave me a great listing of different ways that these services are delivered and can be delivered uh, beyond just kind of like the standard uh, food bank that we think of different ways to have people get access to this stuff. So again, echoing Councillor Knight and the point that looking as it's budget time, funding sources are ways that we can really address this problem um, and help to add on to how we can fix this problem in Medford. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Morrell. Um, thank you all. I just wanted to answer a little bit about Council Marks's question and just in a way of an update. I'll be sending out a press release within the next few days of all the open board and <coughs> board and committee positions, commission positions that are available as well as any other um, 
task force pilot programs that the mayor's office is going to see if there's interest in, and one of those will be an affordable housing task force. Um, so I think it's hopefully you, there'll be some interest in the council as well, but ways to create more affordable housing in Medford. We also have our Office of Community Development um, that is working on a housing production plan. We are putting out an RFQ for a consultant to do a housing production plan. We're also wor working on a number of different things re in related to housing and the, the 340B projects that are before us. So just wanted to give you those in way of updates. I want to thank you for, uh, for your support. Um, thank my chief of staff, David, who is here tonight as well. My, my family came because it's... Yes, I have two chief of staffs, David. My family brought them here, as well as Sarah, who brought her son here, because it is such an important issue. And thank you to Sarah, to Sarah, to Carol, and Marianne for working so diligently on this. It, it was a group effort, um, and you're part of that group. So thank you. I have the proclamation here to sign, and I will, after you take the vote, I will pass it around. Thank you thank very you. much. Councilor Scarpelli. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I, I, I won't be redundant. I know what my fellow counsel have said is very important. Uh, I, I know that as a former teacher and a coach, the avenues and the partnerships with the school is going to be vital. Um, working in my capacity in recreation in Somerville, one of the biggest uh, partnerships we have uh, are the, the school department. And one thing we realized is we realized how many of our young men that we, at the coaching side, how many kids have serious concerns you know, that they come in in the morning with their free, free breakfast, free lunch, and then some of those kids don't eat again until Monday morning. So I know we took a, an active role in really looking at our athletic department, our guidance department, really looking at those individuals and using those as avenues because um, there's a connection there where kids have, have trust in those people and uh, to reach those families. And, and once that started, it, it really took off. And, uh, you know, we've reached out to a few, few different organizations that, you know, will be hopefully working with Method soon about doing some, uh, some food drives and really do some great things here in Method. So I'm really excited about this because it, where, where I was seeing it, it was really in a bubble. And now, being the first in the Commonwealth, we're really bringing this out on the forefront. So I give the mayor a lot of credit. and. Uh, city staff and uh, volunteers. I think this is amazing. So um, kudos, and I support this 100%. So thank you. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. And before I call the roll, or uh, before the clerk calls the roll, I'd just like to thank everyone for coming down uh, tonight uh, to speak on this issue. Um, it's a very important issue that, it, that actually um, it, it has an impact on so many people throughout this community. And I think um, far too many times people think or just under the assumption that everyone has a meal when everyone does not. And it's something that needs to be addressed. And uh, I'm, I'm happy that this is coming before us tonight. And, um, and I just want to thank uh, everyone for their involvement in this. Uh, so thank you. And if you could give us your name and address for the record. Uh, Reverend Wendy Miller, Olapade 105 Brooks Street, Medford, Massachusetts. I just wanted to add, um, the affirmation that uh, that it takes a village uh, to solve problems like this, um, that it is not just our city government's responsibility or not just the department's responsibility, that, um, that all of our neighbors 
um, can help each other. And I just want to share that, you know, as the one of the pastors in town who's got a micro food pantry at their church, um, it took us about two months to make to, to actively have to keep that full. Uh, and, and I don't have to do anything now. People just put food in the pantry and people come and take food out of the pantry. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it didn't take much at all. Uh, and I know that that's a tiny little, tiny little piece of the pie. And yet somehow, you know, when we start to pull together as a community, when we create opportunities to talk to each other across difference, when we look at each other and say, you're a human being and I'm a human being and you go to that church and you go to that temple and you go to that mosque and you don't go anywhere, uh, but we still share this beautiful community together um, and that we're all responsible for it. So I just wanted to lift that up and say, we can do this uh, if, we, if we just talk to each other. So Thank thanks, you. John. <laughs> Mr. President, Andrew Castanetti, Cushion Street, Method, Mass. I, if I may, I'd like to commend the mayor f for her mission and her entourage. It's a, great, it's a great idea because no one should be hurting. If they're hurting now, imagine if at full employment, mind you, as we're going to hear tonight from the State of the Union, imagine if we have a recession or, or something worse. We're, it's really going to be much worse, of course. Um, I'm sort of thinking out loud, would it be possible to ask the presidential candidate, the ex-resident of, of Method Mass, Mr. Bloomberg, for some assistance on this matter? Just thinking out loud. Thank you. Okay, on, the, on the motion of Council Caviello, seconded by Council Knight. Clerk Hardeviz, would you please call the roll? Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caviello. Yes. Council Knight? Yes. Council Marks? Yes. Council Moreau? Yes. Council Scarpelli? Yes. President Falcon? Yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Sounds good. Thank you, Council Knight. On the motion of Council Knight for a brief recess, seconded by Councilor Beers. All those in favor? All those opposed, we're now in recess. Seconded by Councilor Caviello to reconvene the meeting. All those in favor? All those opposed, we are now back in session. Councilor Caviello. President, while we're under suspension, can we take papers 2057 and, and 2058, common victualers license? Okay. Oh. On the motion of Councilor Caviello, seconded by Councilor Knight to take two papers out of order. Uh, all those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes. Petitions, presentations, and similar papers. 20-057. Petition for a common victualers license by Richard Chang, 1000 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02188 for 400 Cafe, Unidine Corporation, 400 Rivers Edge Drive, Medford, Massachusetts, 02155. On file, business certificate number 027, Building Department, Fire Department, Police Traffic Impact, Health Department, Treasurer. Letter of Compliance, Sales Tax ID, Workman's Compensation, and the petition. At this point, I'll turn it over to, actually, to the Chairperson of Licensing, Councilor Scarpelli. 
Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, thank you for being here this evening. Um, Good evening. As I reviewed all your documents, everything seems to be in order. Um, now, again, this is, you have a similar, this is your second location, I believe? That's correct. We currently Good. occupy the cafe at 200 Rivers Edge Drive. And it's inside the? Um, Office building. Uh, that's okay. Correct. Excellent. And I know I hear great things, and uh, I'm sure that, uh, that uh, the hours of operations will be the same. Um, that's correct. It's Monday so every, through Friday. It's married. Lunch. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I, I, I yield to my colleagues before I rule, so. Thank you, Councilor Scott Council Knight. Uh, Mr. President, I've reviewed the application. The gentleman's a successful business owner in the community already. He's running a very successful similar restaurant in virtually the same location. Um, there's been no problems there. I would anticipate no future problems uh, with his new location. I move for approval of the paper. Thank you, Council Knight. Councilor Scott Pelley, did you have any further questions? Or? No, I find everything in order. I move approval. Okay, thank you. On the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Councilor Caviello. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. Congratulations. Good luck. Thank you very much. Thank you. All under suspension 20-058, petition for a common vigil is licensed by Neil Paris, 2 Foley Farm Road, Wilmington, Massachusetts, 01887 for Lives Juice in Akai Bar, 56 Station Landing, Medford, Massachusetts, 02155, on file, business certificate number 030, letter of compliance. Building Department, Fire Department, Police Traffic Impact, Health Department, Treasurer, State Tax ID, Workman's Compensation, and Petition. At this point, I'll recognize the uh, uh, Chairperson on License and Councilor Scott Pelley. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, gentlemen, I see, again, everything is in order. Uh, can you give us a little brief um, synopsis of what we're, so the public can know what we're, what, what you're presenting to us, so. Yeah, so we're, um, we're doing uh, healthy type foods at uh, very reasonable prices over at Station Landing. Uh, smoothies, fresh pressed juices, apple juice, orange juice, all sorts of mixed juices, fruits and vegetables, uh, a salad bar, uh, some gourmet type toasts, avocado, and uh, some sweet peanut butter and Nutella type toasts as well. And uh, a few grab and go items as well for uh, people on the run, power bars and uh, smoothies and healthy snacks. Okay, and your focus of hours of operations? Uh, so we're set right now for Monday through Friday uh, from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Okay, uh, I, I see everything in order. I move approval, Mr. President, if my colleagues have anything to share. Th thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. If we could please have your name and address for the record, just so the clerk. Uh, sure, Neil Paris, 2 Foley Farm Road in Wilmington, 01887. Thank you. Okay, on the motion of Councilor Scott Pelley, seconded by Councilor Knight. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. Thank you and congratulations. Good luck, guys. Thank you very Good much. Luck. On the motion of Councilor Knight to revert back to the regular order of business, seconded by Councilor Morell. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. Motions, orders, and resolutions. 19-623, offered by Councilor Knight, update on the Eversource project. Council Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, and through you, I'd like to thank also our friends from Eversource that are here this evening. Um, 
couple of weeks ago, we put forward a resolution asking that we get quarterly updates on the Eversource project. It's going to be a large-scale, large-scope project that's going to be coming through our community. Um, and I thought that it might be in the best interest, as well as my colleagues uh, did, I believe, uh, to have uh, you know, periodic updates as to what's going on, what to expect, and um, to be able to address any concerns that may be coming up in the neighborhood. Um, so with that being said, Mr. President, uh, we do have some representatives here from Eversource that I'd like to thank for being here. Um, we have Mr. Shortel, uh, Mr. Zamparelli, and um, I do believe uh, we have a new, new community relations um, liaison here uh, that we're going to be introduced to this evening. Uh, so um, I'd like to turn the floor over to our friends from Eversource, provided my council colleagues have no problem with that, and um, we can move on with an update from um, our friends over at Eversource, Mr. President. Thank you. Thank you, Council Knight. If we could please have your name and address for the record. Thank you, Mr. President. My name is Rob Collins, Londonderry, New Hampshire. I am the Eversource project manager for this particular project. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, provide uh, an update to the project. Uh, we did provide a handout that I think all the councillors received uh, that provides an overall overview of the project. And I'll quickly go through that as well as uh, provide an update. And also with me is Sean Shortell. When we talk about community relations, I'll turn it over to Sean uh, since he's the go-to guy for the community relations. Uh, overview of the project, the project's approximately eight miles long. It starts at the uh, substation in Woburn, uh, goes through uh, Winchester, Medford, Somerville, Boston, and into the substation at, uh, on the Mystic River. Um, just want to uh, clarify one thing that I think the council is, uh, uh, has a misunderstanding on the project based on prior, uh, uh, watching some of the uh, prior meetings on, uh, on TV. This is an electric transmission project. It's not a gas line project. So just for clarification, it is a 115,000 volt underground transmission line project. Um, um, basically, again, uh, between the, uh, the two substations. Um, the, uh, the reason for the project is back a few years ago, I don't remember exactly when, it was before my time with Eversource, but uh, ISO New England did a study and concluded that the greater Boston area is at risk for potential outages. And so this is one of a number of projects for, uh, that Eversource has and NGRID has to uh, increase the reliability of the greater Boston grid. So this, is, uh, this project is necessary for the entire area. Um, um, you go to uh, um, page three of the, of the handout, you'll see that the, the, the process of construction, if you can visualize a train, um, it's really a construction train. Um, the, uh, the cattle catcher at the front is the saw cutting exercise. We have a saw cut uh, go out in front of the uh, uh, the project uh, saw cut the street to make sure that uh, the excavation is, is neat in the, uh, in the asphalt. Then we come back later, excavate the trench. Then we come back behind that, install the pipe, backfill the pipe, and move on. Um, the, um, typically, it's done from a manhole to manhole uh, segment standpoint. We install one manhole then install another manhole and try to work between the two manholes is, is the most efficient way of doing it. Uh, the project has nine vaults, electric manholes, that are approximately 10 by 10 by 30. We have five of them installed. We have four remaining. Um, if you go to page five of the handout, you'll see the, uh, the location of the various electric vaults 
and the ones that have been installed, when they were installed, and the ones that are remaining. Um, overall, um, the project itself, we have about 35% of, uh, of the trenching pipe work done. Uh, if you go to page six of the handout, you'll see what work we have done, when it was done, and what work is remaining. Um, we currently have a plan developed to get this project completed this summer. Um, myself, McCourt Construction Company, who is our contractor for doing this particular work, uh, will be reaching out to the city to work with the city staff to present our plan and, uh, and get buy-in on uh, what we think can be done, how it can be done to uh, minimize the impact to the community as we're moving forward with the construction. Um, following completion of the pipeline from, man, uh, from substation to substation, a separate contractor will be coming back next year to pull the cable and splice the cable. Um, once the cable pulling is, once the cable splicing is start, that's a 24-7 operation. Estimate is going to take about five days of 24-hour operations at each manhole to do the splicing. Um, and with that, if you've got any questions regarding the construction of the project, I'll be glad to answer any questions. If not, I'll turn it over to uh, Mr. Shortell uh, to talk about the community outreach aspects of the project. Thank you. I'm going to let them finish the presentation, Mr. President, and then if we have any questions, we can do it. I don't want to ruin the floor. Barney, if you could please continue with the presentation, then we'll do questions at the end. Okay. Sean. Thank you. So I'll tag in for Rob Collins. My name is Sean Shortell, and I live in Charlestown, Massachusetts. Um, so we've appeared before the city council a few times before. Um, I know that we have two new members, so congratulations. Uh, Rob and I put this packet together with some of the construction means and methods slides so that you have a better understanding of what you'll see in the roadway. Some of these slides may be redundant to other members, but just a, a refresher on what the construction activity looks like. Um, and that kind of segues into my role. Um, my, my role with the project is to communicate what we're doing, when we're doing it to uh, stakeholders along the routes, that's businesses, uh, schools, and of most importantly, your constituents uh, and, your, and your neighbors. So we have a community outreach program where we go door to door during each phase of construction uh, in advance of that work so that people are kind of, have a general awareness of what's happening on their street uh, on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. We also layer that with website updates that are updated weekly, and there's an example of that on slide 10. Uh, additionally, we are co-hosting some of the information about the project on the city's own webpage, and that's something that we also update um, not quite as frequently as weekly. Uh, the Eversource project updates are weekly, but uh, the ones that go through the city website are a little less frequent, and we can certainly accelerate that if uh, we determine from our stakeholders at the city that there's a need to do so. Uh, additionally, we have stakeholder emails. Um, I think almost everybody on the council has been getting them from me over the past year. They generally go out bi-weekly, letting you know what's going on at, uh, you know, in what part of town and what some of the issues that we've identified and how we've attempted to address them. And then as Rob mentioned, you know, municipal co coordination, we're working closely with your city engineer, your city traffic engineer, your police department on um, what our plan is to get this project done in, uh, in 2020, this summer. Uh, and then finally, there's a 24-hour hotline and email address for residents with questions. 
uh, those emails uh, and 800 numbers, they come to me and I respond to them uh, generally within 24 hours, sometimes even sooner. Um, and then as I mentioned, slide 10 is a brief example of what the project website looks like uh, that's hosted by Eversource.com. And then the final slide is both Rob's contact information, my contact information, and uh, <coughs> my supervisor Todd's contact information as well. So that is our cell phone number, our, goes right to our email. We are here. Rob has an office in Medford on High Street, uh, and I try to be here several days a week. We want to be responsive and work with you to uh, alleviate any concerns of your neighbors and constituents. Councilor Beers. Actually, no, Councilor Knight, I'm sorry. Um, Mr. President, thank you very much. I'd like to thank you both for being here this evening and thank you for your presentation. Um, you know, Sean's done a great job, I think, of keeping us informed as to what's going on with the project. Um, we've all been receiving periodic updates. There's no question about that. Um, I think it's also safe to say that the worst is yet to come when it comes to the construction and the impact that it's going to have on our community. Um, when you're looking at the project um, breakdown here, you know, we're about 40% of the total project is in the city of Medford. And um, what did I see here? 5,800 feet scheduled for completion along Winthrop Street. Uh, another, you know, 1,400 feet on south, another 550. So there's a significant amount of construction that's going to take place in the community. And um, I think really what's going to make this, you know, the least painful on everybody in the community is going to be this open dialogue and our ability to sit down with other source um, on a periodic basis to get updates from them to address the concerns that we have in the community. Um, they've been very responsive, um, in my opinion, based upon the concerns that I've had in my neighborhood, um, right in front of the Medford High School project. They did, um, you know, a lot of work out there at the beginning of the school year. Um, it went relatively smooth considering the scope of the construction work that was being done. Um, you know, area was maintained relatively clean, access to the park, access to the sidewalks was still there. Um, you know, traffic was able to flow um, as best as possible and um, I thought that the road construction detours that they made um, made it passable and livable for the period of time that they were there doing the work. Um, so with that being said, Mr. President, um, I do appreciate the work that Eversource has done in putting into this. I do appreciate the work that um, McCaw Contracting has done putting into this because uh, they are paying close attention to some of the community needs and quality of life issues in our neighborhoods. Um, and I'd hope that we can continue this dialogue. Um, one of the great things I thought that we got during the Craddock Bridge product project was um, those three-week schedules with um, the project briefing overviews that said, you know, we're 83% done with the project. Next week, we're going to be working at these locations on these times. And that's pretty much the emails that we've been getting from Sean anyway um, throughout the course of the sporadic construction that's been going on. Um, so, Mr. President, I want to thank our friends from Eversource. Um, I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot more time to talk about some of the issues and the impacts that are going to happen along with this project. Um, but as of right now, you know, I think that um, it's the open dialogue, the understanding as to when the construction is going to happen and the impact that it's going to have on the neighborhood um, and the neighbors and the traffic and the, and the congestion in the community um, that really needs to get out there so that we can uh, get ahead of it. Thank you, Council Knight. Council Beers. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, I just had a quick question for you, Rob. Um, so um, it says in here seven to ten days. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about the engineering of the project, so completely ignorant. If my questions come from a place of ignorance, I hope you'll okay. correct so, me. But it says seven to ten. You said five. Is that, are you doing something different? Well, um, my subcontractor is saying that basically once they start the, the, um, the splicing, it typically takes 
about five days okay. of continuous 24-hour yep. operation. We say seven to 10 just to be on the safe side. Yep, got it. Um, and is this basically just pulling the cable from one end to the other? Or? So what happens is uh, if you go to slide eight, yep. you'll see top left-hand corner is, is a picture of three cable reels. Yep. So these cables, this cable is actually three-phase, so it's three separate cables that are pulled simultaneously through the pipe. Yep. And that's what the reel looks like. Got it. That takes about two days of pulling to pull from one manhole to the other, which on average is about 2,000 linear feet. Okay. So they'll, they'll start up, pull the cable. Once they get the cable pulled from a, J, uh, a joining manhole into a, into a single manhole, then they start splicing, and that splicing operation takes five days or so. Got it. And um, just looking at uh, what Councilor Knight was looking at, is there a reason you, uh, and maybe it's completely coincidental, is there a reason that it looks like the construction started on the MassDOT jurisdiction and is moving to Medford, or? So uh, it started in MassDOT because we didn't have the GOL in Medford. Yeah. And we didn't, from a MassDOT standpoint, it was, it was within MassDOT jurisdiction, yep. so we started in MassDOT. Great, thanks. Thank you, Councilor Beers. Councilor Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, so going back to the cable splicing, which you mentioned is once that work starts, it's, it's 24 hours, it's around yes. the clock. What kind of sound can we expect from that? And then um, also lighting. So uh, it's relatively minimal because the splicing is down inside this underground vault. There will be a generator, a whisper generator outside uh, providing power down into the, uh, into the vault. Uh, there will be some lighting overhead shining down into the vault, but it's going to be minimal. Okay. And then how soon after the work is completed on these areas can um, we expect that curb-to-curb um, paving? So uh, in, in discussions with the, the city engineer, basically what you want to do is you want, it to, you want the trench to set for over a winter so that okay. any settlement that's going to happen happens so that then when you do the curb-to-curb, -curb, it's going to be nice and your settlement's already occurred. So we're looking at the following year doing the curb-to-curb. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Councilor Morrell. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, re regarding the uh, vaults, in particular vault eight and 10. Yes. Uh, any time frame when that work will start? Uh, we're hoping to get out there um, as soon as the winter moratorium is over. So April 15th. Uh, and I don't remember off the top of my head if McCourt was looking at starting at eight or 10. But that's when, that's when we want to try to start. And roughly, how, what's the length of those two vaults? The uh, so the, the installation of the vault's about two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, so Pro providing there's no ledge there. We encountered ledge at vault number nine. That's why it took us as long as it did to, uh, to install vault number nine. But if there's no ledge, we should be able to get it excavated, the vault installed, and backfilled in about two weeks. Right. And, and is, is, isn't there a way of checking for ledge before you start to dig? Not really. No. It's, it's, once, it's once you start digging, when you hit it, you hit it. I mean, we suspect there's going to be some ledge around manhole eight, but we're not 100% we're not sure. Right. And, and depending on the type of ledge, uh, would that in include blasting? No, no. Uh, our G the MOU and the GOL precludes blasting. We would have to come up with another method. What we did at manhole nine was essentially a big jackhammer. Uh, a whole rim attached to an excavator to, to beat on the ledge. And uh, that breaks it up and then we're able to excavate it. Right. And uh, uh, residents notified when that type of jackhammer takes yes. place? 
So if, if any of that takes place on Vault uh, 8 or 10, there'll be ample notification of area residents? Yes, there will. Do you guys do any video uh, of people's homes and so forth if they're in close proximity? We haven't in that area, no. Um, uh, we wouldn't be opposed to it if someone asked for it out of concern. Okay. Um, the, the other question I had, uh, currently uh, within the MOU, uh, there's some language in there that states if there's any city utilities that uh, are either over or under your transmission wire, uh, if they're cast iron or so forth, that uh, you would replace them. Is, is that not correct? Um, I don't remember. Off the top of my head, I don't have the MOU memorized. We're definitely identifying them. And uh, the city comes out and takes a look at them. And if it's determined it needs to be replaced, then we'll address it. Okay. Has any of that happened to date? Uh, we haven't encountered one that needs to be replaced yet. But, but you are working over and under our utilities, yes. correct? And you haven't seen anything to date that needs to be no. replaced? Now, now, replaced meaning you see something actively leaking or you see something actively wrong? Is that, is that when then you see would Then we would notify the city and they would come out. Right. Yes. But, but just the mere fact that it may be a cast iron pipe, water cast iron pipe. Is, is that, from, from my reading of the MOU that I have in front of me, signed by the city solicitor, it states that, um, this is uh, bullet point three, it says, in addition to surface reconstruction, Eversource should upgrade city-owned underground utilities that are in close proximity. For example, uh, at a minimum, a bucket width of five feet uh, to their new transmission main and or for those utilities that cross over under the transmission main. So are you saying that only if you see something actively wrong with the pipe that you would bring it to the city's attention? Correct. So you don't think that there's a responsibility to replace anything that you cross over or under? No. Okay. Uh, Mr. President, I'd like to get just a, a response from the city solicitor. Uh, regarding uh, bullet point three and the uh, MOU from March 9, 2017 that was signed by City Solicitor Rumley. Uh, just uh, if we can get clarification on the responsibility of Eversource uh, when they cross over our um, utilities. Thank you, Councilor Marx. So, uh, Councilor Marx is making a motion to get a response back from the City Solicitor regarding Bullet point three on the MOU that we have with from Ever March Sports. 9, 2017. From March 9, 2017. On, on that motion by Councilor Mark, seconded by Councilor Beers. All those in favor? All those opposed, the motion passes. Councilor Marks, do you have any further questions? I am good for now, thank you. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Councilor Beers. I had one more. Um, just looking at Vault 12, when do you, um, you know, police stations being built right across the street. Do you plan to time that? Have you coordinated that with the chief? And so we've actually had discussions with the chief, and he wants that work done at nighttime. Great. So um, we, we will be coordinating with the chief on exactly when we're going to get that done. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Council Beers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so if, if you don't mind from the chair. So do we know exactly when that's going to happen? I know at night, but do we know... Do you have any type so, of time frame with regard to months? I, I don't have that right now um, because that's the part of the plan that we're going to be presenting to the uh, city departments, traffic engineer, city engineer, and police department, mapping out what we want to do when we want to do it and, and get the buy-in. 
Do you know when uh, we can expect to maybe get a time frame? Uh, um, I'm hoping to uh, meet with the city engineer and traffic engineer within by the end of the month okay. to, to work through that. Um, and I had a question, thank you for that answer. And I had a question regarding the splicing uh, that Council Morell was asking. So you talked a little bit about, um, I think, noise. It, with, what about our traffic? Is it, is it going to be a heavy traffic impact on, the, on that street when that happens? When the splicing happens? Yes. It will be a lot, there will be a little bit of traffic impact, but it will be a lot less than when we're installing the, the vaults and installing the, uh, the ductwork. Because basically what it involves is just setting up a box truck, mm -hmm. you know, cargo van at the manhole location. So traffic will definitely be able to flow by it. Okay. But, but we will have to have a piece of equipment there so to the support. So will the, be a little bit narrower yes. than normal. Okay. Okay. Are there any other uh, further questions from the counselors? Any questions? Okay. Seeing that there's no questions, Councilor Knight. The, I'll move to uh, invite our friends from Eversource back next quarter for a future update. Um, I'm sure if anything happens in between then and now, we all have the ability to flip this packet over that they gave us and make a phone call and uh, get the answers that we need. Um, if there is a pressing need to bring them in sooner, uh, they've been nothing more than accommodating in the past, so I don't see um, why we can't put this off till next quarter, have another update um, when the construction season starts in the spring, and uh, go from there. Would you like to table to next quarter? Um, okay. Yeah, same thing we did with the Lawrence Memorial. Okay. Council Marks, would you like this to be a B paper on uh, this original paper? Okay. So that's a B paper. On the motion of Council Knight to table this to next quarter, where we get our uh, quarterly update. Seconded by Councilor Beers. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? Motion passes. Thank you very much. Appreciate all the information and the update. Thank you. Well, thank you for your patience. Two zero zero five one offered by Council and I be it resolved that the Medford City Council recognize Medford native and MHS class of 1996 graduate Justin Springer on being honored as a 2019 ABCD community hero. Council Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Uh, Justin Springer is a dear old friend of mine. We went to kindergarten all the way through high school together. Uh, close, close friend of mine came to vacations with me and my family. Grew up in West Medford. Uh, you know, spent a lot of great afternoons after school in his house at his grandmother's house down on Monument Street. Um, and uh, we lost touch over the years, Mr. President, and just recently we fell back into touch. Um, I was speaking with uh, his stepfather, Mel, not too long ago, and he gave me an update that Justin was doing well, and I started uh, paying attention on social media and noticed that Justin uh, was named uh, this community hero by the um, ABCD. And um, ABCD is an anti-poverty community development and human service organization, Mr. President. It's the largest nonprofit human service agency in New England. 
and uh, it serves over 100 low-income families in Greater Boston through its programs like uh, Neighborhood Service Centers and um, something we're all familiar with, I'm sure we've all heard of the Head Start programs. Uh, Head Start falls under the ABC as well. Um, so Justin was named a community hero this past year, um, and I'd just like to read a little bit about what they said about Justin in the brochure. Um, <coughs> Justin's proven to be a tremendous asset to ABCD by lending his vast branding and marketing skills. Talents and resources to help bridge gaps in how communities assess public health education and engage with various initiatives. His numerous accomplishments in this area include orchestrating a street outreach team every year, conducting social media platforms for many of ABCD health service programs, producing major fundraising events for the Take the Test Boston program, which ABCD Health Services is a founding member. And he did this all on his own dime. Um, so with that being said, Mr. President, um, I always think it's important that we notice and uh, recognize the individuals uh, that were born and raised in this community, whose families still live here, um, who helped make this community great. And uh, we should point out the good things that they're doing in other places and here in Medford. Um, Justin, someone uh, that's really an inspiration. He's someone that's uh, given his time, his energy, and his effort um, all free of charge. Uh, to the city of Boston and to its surrounding communities to help make uh, our lives a better place. Um, he's, you know, helping service over 100,000 families um, that are in need. Um, so with that being said, Mr. President, uh, I thought it was important that we point out uh, the great work that Medford residents continue to do on a daily basis, uh, not only here in Medford, but in Massachusetts and across the globe. Um, so with that being said, I'd ask my council colleagues to support me in uh, this resolution. Thank you, Council Knight, and thank you for bringing this forward tonight. On the motion of Council Knight, seconded by... Council Caviello, all those in favor? Aye. All those opposed, the motion passes. 20-052 offered by Vice President Caviello. Be it resolved that the Medford City Council contact the DCR to replace the guardrail on the bridge at Auburn Street in the interest of public safety. Council Caviello. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, this, uh, this guardrail, which is over by Whole Foods, uh, it's been probably hit several times. Uh, in the past uh, few months. And <clears throat> the steel is on the sidewalk and it's, it's kind of a, uh, a safety hazard for people that are walking by because that's the sidewalk you have to go by to, to get to the crosswalk. So if we could um, uh, ask uh, the DCI to, to replace it as soon as possible and if we could also send a message to uh, Rep Representative Gobbley to uh, hopefully expedite this so we can get this done uh, as soon as possible. Thank you, Councilor Caviello. On the motion of Councilor Caviello, seconded by Councilor Morell. All those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes. 20-053, offered by Councilor Beers. Be it resolved that the Medford City Council meet in Committee of the Whole to discuss the report of the acting city solicitor regarding a draft ordinance enabling the establishment of a payment in lieu of taxes pilot Commission as requested by Councilor, uh, I'm sorry, as requested by the Council in paper 20-021. Councilor Bias. Thank you, Mr. President. You. Um, I think it says it all. I would like to move the report that we got from the Acting City Solicitor to a future Committee of Whole meeting. Okay. Thank you, Councilor Bias. On the motion of Councilor Bias, second by Councilor Carviello. All those in favor? All those opposed, the motion passes. I would ask at this point if Councillor Marks could please <coughs> chair the next two motions.
Paper 20-054, offered by Vice President Caviello and President Falco, be resolved that the city administration develop a pilot program to resurface a portion of our roads using recycled asphalt. Vice President Caviello. One that shows all the. Yeah, I'll leave this on, right? Then. It's so sensitive. Thank you. <laughs> uh, last week uh, at the MMA show, uh, myself and uh, President Falco uh, had the opportunity to uh, meet a company uh, that does what they call hot in place mill asphalt recycling. And what they do is you know, they come and they grind and they, uh, they take our asphalt that normally we would give back to uh, the asphalt company and we would buy it back from them. We would keep our own uh, asphalt here. They recycle it in place and heat it and it goes right back down uh, on the road as soon as they do it. Um, it's a, it. It sounds like a very good cost saving plan because uh, when we talked to them, uh, they gave us a price of somewhere around $25 a yard which normally we pay $48 a yard. So, you know, thinking outside of the box, uh, we could probably do two streets for the price of one street. So uh, I, I think it's something to, uh, that's worthwhile looking at. Uh, I, I had the opportunity to speak with uh, Steve Tenaya and uh, uh, DPW director, and they uh, both liked it. And they agreed that it's, uh, it's something that um, we should look into. And I'll yield to uh, President Falco. Thank you, uh, Vice President Caviello. President Falco. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Uh, as uh, Councilor Caviello uh, noted, um, we, we actually uh, talked to the representative or representative at the MMA conference. And uh, it's it definitely, I think, something that we should pursue. And that's why we're recommending a pilot program, uh, thinking that this would be a, a nice idea to try out on some of our streets. <coughs> it, save, it would definitely save um, the city some money. And um, it's, it's definitely has some uh, benefits as well. I mean, if you take a look at, uh, you know, the number of streets that we're repaving each year, we're very limited to what we can do with the funds that we have. So this is kind of an out of, out of the box, uh, you know, kind of thinking out of the box type of solution where we could do something uh, with the recycled uh, um, asphalt. And, um, you know, there's, there's definitely some benefits to it. Um, you know, it uses a, uh, in place materials that are already there in front of you. They actually do it all right there, recycle it right on uh, site. And uh, like I said, it saves money. It's a shorter construction time to actually repave a road. Um, and it's easier to work around catch, uh, catch basins, manholes, water valves, and other type of uh, things that you'll find in the middle of the street when you're repaving a road. And uh, it also lowers the engineering and uh, traffic control costs as well. So uh, this is uh, an idea that we wanted to bring forward. We think it would be beneficial to our community uh, and actually uh, save the community money as well. So um, at this point, I'd like to uh, um, move for approval. Thank you. On the motion for approval, Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, if I may just ask a question, Ms.
That's fine. <laughs> Castles are off. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, uh, can the sponsors of the resolution please explain to me if this is a machine that would come and do this like infrared technology right there on the site, if this eliminates the use of manpower and it's a machine that's performing the yes, work? Yes, uh, they come right, uh, in fact, we have a brochure. Uh, we'll get some copies out here. Uh, they, they, mill, uh, they mill it, grind it, and heat it, and it's put back, back down immediately as, as, as it's done. And, uh, uh, and yeah, like I said, with Chapter 90 money being uh, you know, thin, um, uh, I don't think this is something that you probably want to use like on High Street or Main Street, but you know, I, I think it'd be a, a worthwhile project to look at on some of the side streets uh, that, that really need attention. Yeah, and, I, and I've seen these um, devices, Mr. President, in various you know, shapes and forms in various, you know, places on the internet, which means they must all be awesome, right? Because they're on the internet and they almost work great. Um, but no, it makes sense. I mean, it's a machine that's performing the work. So we're alleviating our exposure to liability for workers getting injured. Um, we're also um, having machine perform the work. So we know we're going to get a same, the same standard, the same quality every single time the work gets done. Um, this is something I support wholeheartedly. It's something that we've discussed in the past um, with street skin and other types of um, infrared technologies that we can use to determine what our underground infrastructure looks like, what our streets and roadways look like, what condition they're in without actually having to go and rip them apart. So I support it wholeheartedly and I thank my colleagues for raising the issue. If, uh, if I could say something, um, normally when we do a street, they come and they grind it and maybe sit three, four, five, and maybe a week before it gets done. This gets as, as fast as it's ground, it's put right back down. So I'm assuming they could probably do a, a street in a day or maybe maybe more. Yeah. Council Morrell. Thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank Councillors uh, Carabiello and Falco for bringing this forth. Um, as I did not have the pleasure to tr uh, attend the MMA training, I did a little research on this myself. So to your points, it's cough saving, it diverts waste, um, and then the fact that you're doing the work at that actual site, you're removing the, the fuel costs associated with transporting these very heavy materials. So I'm excited to see this. I support this. Um, and I appreciate you guys for raising something that's just uh, one small way to move Medford forward in a more sustainable way. Thank you. Councilor Scarpelli. Thank you, um, Council Marks. I know that I appreciate my colleagues doing their due diligence. I know that for this council, especially myself, we've, we've looked at the biggest issue, which is um, <coughs> employee, employees for the DPW and any, any way we can help lighten their load and uh, like Council Morrell said, look at the whole footprint, uh, our footprint and how we can improve. I think it's important though that, you know, we, we, we really uh, dedicate um, a recommendation to the mayor as we move forward to budget season for that, uh, I know I've been saying it year after year, but a sidewalk pothole, but making it even a bigger piece, which is uh, repaving and re-sidewalks. So I know as you go on to the next resolution, it's the same, in, in the same uh, breath. So I think that we need the employees. I know that when uh, Mayor Burke, uh, before she left office, uh, they've eliminated the civil service test for hiring. I think it's about time that we really put our money where our mouth is and make sure that um, we put the employees in place and the equipment that's needed to implement projects like this and really, uh, do something uh, off the cuff here in Medford, something we haven't done or haven't seen in a long time. So I'm pretty excited about the, this initiative and I appreciate bringing it forward. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. Councillor Knight. Um, any idea what it costs? Um, yes, it's 
like I say, their, their projection was uh, somewhere about $25 a, a yard or a foot. No, and for the machine. I'm sorry? To buy the machine. Uh, oh, it's a big piece of machine. I don't think it's what we're buying. Yeah. Uh, and Mr. Karen said we're paying $48 right now uh, for the same thing. So it's almost half of what we're already paying. Right. I, no, no, it's the same. Oh, if we buy the machine, I'm going to say 50% like. of the costs on plus fuel and manpower on the machine. Maybe it's worth get, figuring out what the machine costs and buying one as opposed to, you know, contracting out work to. It's an a, outside entity to perform work we could do in house. It looks like it was a pretty, pretty big uh, few pieces of equipment. Yeah, uh, yeah that, yeah. if I may, I think that would be a pretty big capital cost to, to buy yeah. that machine. I, I think the best thing, in my, in a, I won't speak for Council Carriel, but I think we would agree on this. I think through the pro pilot program, if we could pick out, you know, a handful of streets that this, probably bring in a rep from one of these companies, because I'm sure there's many that do it, and actually talk to them and see, well, what type of streets will this work on? And then pick a handful of streets, come up with a pilot program, and just re resurface those streets with recycled asphalt. And then, you know, and of course, get a price. So, I mean, it's get a price beforehand, but, you know, see how many streets we could do, you know, try to figure out if we have, like, a, you know, if the mayor has some sort of a, a budget for this, and then, you know, see, see what we can do. And it's definitely more efficient, I think, in lower cost than what we're doing now. We have very limited funding their chapter 90 funding for street repair. So I think this would hopefully allow us to do more streets, you know, and just make our money go further. So I think developing a pilot program around this would be something that would be beneficial. Um, so, Mr. President, I guess my question is then, is the intention to establish a pilot program that would privatize a portion of the work that the DPW is now performing? They're no, not, they're not I mean, they're, well, they're not doing the streets they're anyways. They're not paving the streets right now. It's not part of it. It's not part of it. It's a whole street. Because that work would fall under the scope of the DPW, just because historically they've contracted out doesn't mean that it's not work that would fall under their purview underneath their, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't recall the DPW milling and grinding streets, the whole streets. Uh, I don't recall them having the proper equipment to be able to do it, but it still would fall within the scope of their labor certification for work that they could perform as uh, MEO2 maintenance equipment operator. Well, unfortunately, our manpower staff uh, is, uh, is kind of thin. That's why if we have a machine that can pave streets that does the work of four people, we might be a worthwhile investment. Right. So, so if I could from the chair, I, I agree that uh, funding would be an issue. And uh, the Chapter 90 money is very limited. I think it's about 980000 a year we receive. Uh, however, there is linkage money that's out there. Uh, you would know better than I, Mr. President, how much money is left in that account. But uh, I would tend to say, as Council Knights mentioned, if we could take that equipment and do it in-house, uh, we go from doing one or two streets to many streets, and I realize uh, the upfront cost, but it may be worth uh, looking at. Thank you, Councilor Knight. Councilor Beers. Uh, I think it's a pilot program, and if at the end of the pilot program it's so successful, I think we should uh, explore what Councilor Knight was suggesting. Um, I'd like to make a motion to add a B paper to this, uh, requesting that our state delegation ask the Speaker of the House and the Senate President to increase Chapter 90 in this oh, year's yeah. budget. <laughs> Hey, you know, so, it doesn't so hurt to ask. Uh, on the original paper, 20-054, uh, uh, um, and the BPA is amended by uh, Councilor Beers uh, to ask the state delegation to increase our Chapter 90 funds. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. The clerk just corrected me. 
We'll and, do the beat and, paper first. And to clarify, asking the Speaker of the House and the Senate President, that's where we are in the budget cycle. Amended uh, beat paper by Council Beers that asking we asked the Speaker of the House yeah. and the Senate President to increase the City of Methods Chapter 90 funds. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Paper? Opposed? The ayes have it. On the original paper, 20-054, offered by Councilor uh, President Falco, Vice President Caviello, seconded by Councilor Morell. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. The paper is approved. Paper 20-055, offered by Vice President Caviello and President Falco. Be resolved that the City Administration develop a pilot program to repair our trip and hazard sidewalks by saw cut repair instead of grinding. Council Vice President Caviello. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, again, something we came up with uh, uh, vis visiting uh, the trade show last week. Um, this is a company uh, that, that takes uh, trip and fall hazards uh, of sidewalks and they grind them and smooth them. Um, we do have a machine in our city that does it, but it's not, uh, uh, according to uh, Mr. Kevin, it's not a very big one. Uh, but this company would come in, uh, they would identify all the trip, all the trip hazards, and they could repair them at about a cost of about $125 per sidewalk. Uh, as we all know, every year we're, we're uh, um, approving lawsuits at $5,000 a piece. Um, one, one, if we save one lawsuit, we can probably do 25 sidewalks. Again, uh, something that's worth looking into. Uh, like I said, they'll come in, uh, help us develop a list, and do the work. And say, uh, I, again, I spoke with uh, Mr. Karens and, uh, and um, Mr. Tanaya. They both agree it's, it's a worthwhile program to do, and I'll yield to uh, President Falco. Thank you, Councilor Caviello. Um, and this here is another, uh, another uh, you know, solution where we could uh, could just be more, it's just more more efficient solution where it's not going to cost as much money because with a lot of these trip uh, sidewalks, trip and fall sidewalks, it's just an edge that pops up. So what they do is they literally cut the edge, flatten it down. They don't have to replace the whole panel. It doesn't take days. It literally takes probably hours. So you're not, you know, it's the sidewalk's not out of service. It's not costing you as much money because you don't have to replace the whole thing. You don't have to worry about someone destroying the cement when it's trying to dry. So it's definitely more efficient. It's, uh, it's, it's a concept that's used in other communities, uh, Cambridge, Quincy, Newton, Lowell, Salem, Swampscott, Haverhill, Westfield, Peabody. Um, so that's just some of them. Uh, they've used this, to, I guess, at uh, Gillette Stadium as well. And uh, they use it at different colleges, um, BC, UMass, Lowell. Uh, Yale. Uh, so this, there's a bunch of colleges that use this as well. So it's definitely uh, more efficient for our community, and it would save the community uh, money as well. So I just like to uh, uh, you know, move the paper forward at this point in time. Move for approval. On the motion for approval by President Falco and Councilor Caviello, Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, I'd like to amend the paper uh, to request that before any pilot program is implemented, that the city administration meet with the uh, collective bargaining. Uh, organization to discuss the impact that this would have on their bargaining unit. On the motion, as amended by Councillor Knight, that uh, the mayor uh, meet with the collective bargaining units uh, to see if there's any impact uh, of this uh, particular uh, motion. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. The motion is adopted.
You want to read it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 20-056, offered by Vice President Caviel. City of Medford call for presidential preferential primary Tuesday, March 3rd, 2020. Be it ordered that the city clerk be and he is hereby authorized and directed to notify and warn such of the inhabitants of the city of Medford as we, we as were qualified by law to vote for candidates at the presidential preferential primary on Tuesday, March 3rd, 2020 to assemble at the polling places in their respective wards and precincts, then in there to give their votes for presidential preference. District members of the state committee, one man and one woman, for each political party for the second Middlesex Senatorial District. Members of the Democratic Ward Committee, members of the Republican Ward Committee, members of the Green Rainbow Ward Committee, members of the Libertarian Ward Committee, in the polls of said pre uh, presidential preferential primary shall open at 7 a.m. and remain open until 8 p.m. Be it further ordered that the following named polling places be and they are hereby designated for use at the presidential preferential primary on March 3rd, 2020. Voting precincts, Ward 1, Precinct 1, Andrews Middle School, 3000 Mystic Valley Parkway, Ward 1, Precinct 2, Firefighters Club, 340 Salem Street. Ward 2, Precinct 1, St. Francis Parish Center, Fellsway and Fulton Street. Ward 2, Precinct 2, Roberts Elementary School, 35 Court Street. Ward 3, Precinct 1, Lawrence Memorial Hospital, 170 Governors Avenue. Ward 3, Precinct 2, Temple Shalom, 475 Winthrop Street. Ward 4, Precinct 1, Tufts University, Gantcher Center Rear, 161 College Avenue. Ward 4, Precinct 2, Walking, Walkland Court, Auburn and North Street, Fondacaro Center. Ward 5, Precinct 1, Columbus Elementary School, 36, 37 Hicks Ave. Ward 5, Precinct 2, Columbus <coughs> Elementary School, 37 Hicks Avenue. Ward 6, Precinct 1, West Medford Fire Station, 26 Harvard Avenue. Ward 6, Precinct 2, Brooks School, 388 High Street. Ward 7, Precinct 1, Mystic Valley Towers, North Building Entrance. Ward 7, Precinct 2, McGlynn K-8 Public School, 3004 Mystic Valley Parkway. Ward 8, Precinct 1, Senior Center, 101 Riverside Avenue. Ward 8, Precinct 2, South Medford Fire Station, 0 Medford Street. Councilor Beer, no. Councilor Beers. Uh, Councilor Beers. Thank you, Mr. President. Two quick questions. Um, might actually be for the clerk. So I, yeah, um, <laughs> I just don't know the protocol there. Um, I notice a couple of the polling locations don't have um, addresses, specifically Ward Seven, Precinct One, North Building entrance. But there's not a street address. Is that just common practice or? I can I can actually go in and, and, and add the uh, add the street address. It has not customarily been on the bit on the uh, uh, bit on the call to election for that precinct, but I'm I'm happy to add is it, it in. Is it posted online with it, or is it everywhere else that has yes, the address? Yes, it is All online. Right. Yes. Great. Um, and then um, 
Will there be early voting and does that have to be part of this resolution? There will be early voting from February 24th to February 28th uh, here in the council chambers during regular city hall business hours. Yep, and that doesn't have to be included within the resolution. That does not have to be included within this. Great. No. This is designation of polling places for election day only. Yep. If I can add something, if, if, if the council will indulge yes, me. Please. Um, Lori Howley from, uh, from Lawrence Memorial Hospital contacted me when she contacted many of you about uh, construction updates for the hospital. And uh, the main building at the hospital we have, will be undergoing construction during election day, but we are still able to use the main hospital building as a polling place. Uh, rather than voting in the main lobby, uh, there'll, be a, there'll be a new fully accessible temporary entrance just to the left of that lobby entrance and uh, voting will take place downstairs in the, in the hospital cafeteria. I'm going to uh, put out a reverse, I'm going to request a reverse 911 call uh, for 3-1 uh, through Captain Clemente just to alert residents that that's happening. But there's no change in building, there's no change in address. It's just a different floor on the same building. I've already been in touch with the Secretary of State's office. There is no need for us to, to designate a new polling place or anything like that, but it's just, it, it, it's just a matter of I want, I want residents who normally vote there to, to know that there's gonna be a slight change. Will, will you, uh, Mr. Clerk, uh, post additional signage? Yes, absolutely. Arrows and all that? Yes, absolutely. Um, yes. And, I, and I also just want to say that I will be early voting in the chambers, uh, which the clerk would like to hear. So. I, urge, I urge everyone who's within listening distance to vote early in the chambers. Thank you, Council. Thanks. Oh. Thank you, Council Bears. Did you, you good? Okay. okay. Thank you, Clerk Herdebees. On the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Council Bears. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. <laughs> I just got to, I just got to, <laughs> you're the only one that responds. Okay, I'm starting to call. Yes. On the motion of Council tonight to suspend the rules. <laughs> Seconded by Council Scarpelli. All those in favor? All those opposed? These are papers under suspension. 20-060 offered by Council tonight. Be it resolved that the Memphis City Council extends its deep and sincere condolences to the family of John Byers on his recent passing... Council uh, Mr. President, many of us that have been involved in local government and local politics over the years have come to know and love John Byers. Uh, many of us who uh, spent a lot of time in Barry Park um, in the South Medford area of the city would uh, always see Johnny riding his bike down at the basketball courts. Uh, many of us that listen to sports radio on WEI would quite often hear Johnny call in. Uh, many of us that um, would watch cable access television uh, back in the uh, early and late 90s uh, would see Johnny on his TV shows and as a special guest on uh, a variety of other local celebrities TV shows. And um, just this past week, Johnny lost his battle with cancer. Um, Mr. President, Johnny was someone that was uh, a student of government, he loved government, um, he ran for mayor uh, several times, school committee I believe as well. I don't believe he, has ever, he ever ran for city council, but I may be mistaken, but I, I do recall that he'd, he'd run for a, a number of uh, shots at public office. Um, his father, Phil's a, a great guy, a brother of mine uh, from the Elks Club, and uh, his son, uh, or his, his, other, his brother Philip and his father are both, both very close friends of mine, um, lifelong Medford residents, Mr. President. Um, Johnny was residing in Walkling Court at the time of his passing. 
Um, he was surrounded by friends and family when he went, and um, I just hope that we can all take the time to extend our deep and sincere condolences to the family on their loss. Um, Johnny was a special person in this community. He was uh, someone that uh, we all knew and loved, and he's going to be sadly missed. Thank you, Council Knight. Council Marks. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I think uh, Councilor Knight uh, hit the nail on the head. John uh, was a staple in this community for many years. Uh, he was one of the founders with local community access, ran a show for a number of years. And the one thing I remember about John, uh, he never held any words back. He'd tell you exactly where you stood with him, <laughs> whether you liked it or not. Uh, and uh, he will be sorely missed, Mr. President. And uh, I'd like to dedicate this meeting um, if it's all right with my council colleague uh, after uh, John Bias. Do you want to make that part of the motion? Or? <laughs> Do you want to make that part of the motion? Yes, please. Okay. So we'll um, so dedicate this meeting after. Dedicate this meeting? Yes. Okay. John Bias. Did, did you want to just mention the corner, right? Okay. I just, want to, I just want to make sure we, we, we're including everything we, we're, we want to include. So someone, that, um, someone that spent so much time in the neighborhood that he grew up in, someone that spent so much time um, out, outdoors riding his bike in the parks and stuff like that, someone that was a fixture in the neighborhood, um, is someone that probably would warrant uh, consideration for a corner dedication, Mr. President. Um, I do believe that John grew up uh, in the College Ave area, um, but I'll have to get the specifics of that before I uh, bring forward a motion that would request such. Thank you, Council Knight. And Council Knight, thank you for bringing this forward, and thank you, Council Marks, as well. Um, I had met Johnny uh, a few times um, when I was growing up. I remember playing park league, uh, playing basketball, and you'd go to the different parks, and he would always be at the park, and you'd see him on his bike, and he was a re really, really nice person. And um, you know, thoughts and prayers go to his family. At this time, I'd ask everyone to please rise for a brief moment of silence. Following the suspension 20-061 offered by Councilor Scott Pelley, be it resolved that the City Council discuss concerns with South and Main Street. That's, that board's crazy. Really Councilor Scott Pelley. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. Um, if I could, this is really just to update. Um, South and Main Street, I know that we've had some um, serious issues there in the past week, but uh, had a discussion with uh, uh, State Representative Donato. He has uh, informed me that uh, with the hard work of um, his, uh, uh, Representative Donato and Representative uh, Garbley and Representative Barber, they are presenting a bond bill on Wednesday tomorrow for $5 million to uh, help uh, alleviate the issues um, on South and Main Street. I've contacted the Chief of Police and Traffic and um, also meeting with the Mayor tomorrow to try to uh, expedite uh, some of the, again, low-hanging fruit that we've asked for. And um, again, I think we dodged another bullet on Friday, but the stop sign on Toro and South the raised sidewalks that we discussed on Main and South, and um, 
painting the uh, walkways, I mean, painting the street with uh, limiting the lanes. I think these are short um, budgetary uh, uh, fixes, and I think that would make a huge difference in that area. I think the uh, residents that I've talked to uh, are frustrated. Uh, we are all frustrated, but uh, uh, we hope to have some movement and hopefully have some word, um, some definitive answers for everybody by next meeting on uh, next Tuesday. So, thank you. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Beers. Thank you, Mr. President, um, and thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. I hope that bond bill passes and we can get the money soon. Um, I talked to a few residents, and I think what happened on Friday, there was a pedestrian accident on Friday. Um, and we are very lucky, as someone who's lost a friend in a situation like that, uh, the different way that the car impacts the person can deeply affect how that turns out. And I think we really lucked out. Um, you know, I know that the pipeline project is going to South Street, so maybe the painting and all that might be a little, raised crosswalks, might, sidewalks might be a little more difficult, um, but a stop sign at Truro and South, that can go in even if they're gonna tear up the road. That's exactly where the incident happened. A resident at 76 South uh, talked to me in October when I was running and I, I spoke to her about, she specifically requested that. We brought it up recently. I really think that stop sign Expedite it, expedite the expediting on that um, if we can. It's, we really don't want uh, another incident to go poorly there. Thank you, Councilor Beers. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Also, and I, I want to thank uh, Councilor Scott Pelly for his work on this and his follow through. Um, if we could just track whether or not our resolutions from several months back, uh, this council put together a laundry list of resolutions that were supposed to be sent to the Traffic Commission. Mm -hmm. Can we just have maybe the city clerk follow up? I'm being told that uh, some of them may have not made it that far uh, to the traffic commission. Um, so I'd like to just follow up on it regarding signage and so forth mm -hmm. that we requested. Uh, thank you, Council Marks. I believe uh, the, when we, we talked about this not too long ago, uh, we'll see within the last couple of weeks, a letter went to the police chief. Am I correct? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Okay. So, right. I, I, a letter may have gone to the chief, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they acted upon any of our requests. Okay. So I just want to make sure and reiterate that. Now I'm glad to hear about the bond bill, but honestly, I've been hearing a lot of things about the bond bill, like there's money there in the bond bill, but somehow it just doesn't go anywhere. But I'm pleased to see that they are looking into it. Uh, but I'm going to be uh, cautiously optimistic. Uh, because been there, done that with the bond bills. And the, bond, the $5 million bond bill, I, be, I believe the $5 million bond bill is basically for the lights in the square, if I'm correct. That, that, so it's the smart lighting system that will carry the traffic through the square. As far as South Street goes, you are correct. That laundry list of solutions or potential solutions that, that we came up with with the uh, uh, residents that night, um, you know, we need an update on that because that's really... I think those things are the, are the things that are that we hopefully can. going to have an impact on that situation down there. So we have a number of points of information. Councilor Beers has the first point of information. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, I, I, in terms of what's exactly in the bond bill, I'm not going to speak to the specifics of that, but just in terms of the process, <laughs> you are correct that it, this bill has not 
I believe it might be part of a larger transportation bond bill package. I, I'm not sure. Um, it's an $18 billion package. Uh, it hasn't been passed by the House or nor the Senate nor signed by the governor at this point. And then even after that, Governor Baker has to release those funds to us. Um, so um, we, we are several steps away in the process, but the House potentially voting on that tomorrow would be good. Thank you, Councilor Pierce. Councilor Knight. Uh, may I be so bold to suggest, Mr. President, that we ask the city clerk to uh, research the paper that we had forwarded previously to Mayor Burke's administration relative to South Street and forward that to the current administration so that they have it fresh and on their desk? And I would offer that in the form of a motion. Do you have that count? Uh, Got it, yep. Okay. So on the motion of Councilor Knight. Second. Seconded by Councilor Caviello. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed, the motion passes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Everyone is more than welcome to talk and ask questions. So, uh, one minute, please. Nothing's changed since the last time. Council Knight, did you have any further comments on that? Okay. Um, we've talked about this topic ad nauseum, Mr. President. It's been going on now for probably the better part of four years. Um, one thing I will say is that nobody knows this issue and this concern better than Councilor Lungo. Um, who is now Mayor Lungo. Her parents live on the road. Her parents live on the street. Um, so for us to think that we're going to talk the talk and it's going to fall on deaf ears, I don't think is the case, Mr. President. She's had a vested interest in uh, performing solutions at this uh, intersection for as long as I can remember. As soon as the issue came up, um, Councilor Lungo was all over it. Um, now Mayor Lungo, I'm sure, will be on top of it as well. Um, so with that being said, I don't think there's any reason for us to anticipate or expect her not to act. Um, but I do think that um, when we're looking at the scope of projects that are going on down there, we have the police station we have the Eversource project. I think one solution we may have, Mr. President, is to designate that a live construction zone, which may allow us an opportunity to meet with our friends at um, Area 4 for Massachusetts Highway Department and put some controls in at the bottom of the ramp. Uh, maybe no left turn if you're getting off the highway because there's no need to get onto Mystic Ave from the off-ramp. Um, you should only be able to take a left in turn if you're coming off the off-ramp right there at South Street, because if you just stay on the road and get off behind the DPW, you can be on Mystic Ave as well. So there are some controls that we can put in place, Mr. President, I think because of the scope of construction that's going on at the police station and the scope of construction with the South Street project, um, we may have a little bit of leverage here to speak with some of our friends um, over at Area 4 and uh, use their engineering expertise to come up with some short-term solutions during this very dangerous construction period, which is going to take place for a couple of years now, Mr. President, to provide some short-term relief and short-term solutions until we can um, address it more holistically. Thank you, Council Knight. And if I, if I may clarify, I mean, from what I heard, that $5 million would be for the lights that would be kind of at the bottom of South Street in the square, and I think even out here at City Hall, because they're smart lights and they all talk to each other. So that's, I think, what the $5 million would go mostly towards. But we have a number of residents that would like to speak. If you could please have your name and address for the record. William Navarre, 108 Medford Street, Apartment 1B. I just wanted to get up to, um, uh, 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 to give Councillor Bears the opportunity to, um, to, to be reminded that, um, um, that, that, that we should try to avoid the use, the use of the word uh, accident when there's an incident with a car. Uh, that wasn't an accident. That was the inevitable result of a country that is built around the automobile that insists that every adult must drive, and in particular, it's the inevitable result of a failure to make that particular intersection safe. That's not an accident. Thanks. Thank you. <coughs> Name and address for the record. Andrew Castanetti, Cushion Street, Medford, Massachusetts. Um, I want to thank Councillor Scarpelli for 
bringing this up on the agenda. The South and Main Street intersection has been a problem when I got my license, and most people in this room, if not all, were not even born. I hear the $5 million bond is possible. Um, I'm not sure, even if it does go through, if that will help, even if you spend $50 million. Again, I hate to reiterate and repeat myself, the risk of being cruder, but I would suggest trying and right turn only at this juncture from south onto Main, right street only, or else, as someone else suggested in the past, no, let me stop, let me back up. Also, Councilor Knight mentioned, I believe, something to the effect of shutting down that exit on Route 16 heading east. If the state will do that, that would be a big help. And another, sorry? Knight? That wasn't necessarily my suggestion, Mr. President. My suggestion would be to, um, if you were coming off the ramp, to make it left turn only, so you can't take a right onto Mystic Ave coming off the highway ramp, because you can stay on the highway and get off at the road with no name that we were trying to take over there, over by the dance studio behind the DPW yard, to still put you back out on Mystic Avenue. Um, but to shut that exit down for people that were coming off would actually close down the only access that they had to Medford Square, which is our central business district, and I don't think that that's something that we want to do. Um, we don't want to divert all the traffic off Route 16 and not let them come to our central business district if they're coming that way. So, um, you know, it's going to take engineers and engineering, Mr. President, but for a short-term solution in the meantime uh, to implement public safety controls, I think that's something that we could would consider because it's an active construction site with the police station and the Eversource project. Correct. Thank you. Thank you, Council Knight, for clarifying my brain on that. However, if it was shut down, they still could take the exit at Winthrop Street, near where your condominium is located, towards that rotary. Another person or persons has suggested Another idea, and that, to make, that would be to make South Street a one-way, which it is, but in the opposite direction. I understand some, some of the residents don't like that, but again, this has been going on for over 50 years. I and we all know people that have personally been injured and there have been deaths there. I would start with right trend only, and good luck with the bond. Thank you. On the motion of Councilor Scarpelli, Second. seconded by Councilor Knight. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. Order suspension, Mr. President, suspension, Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I, I just want to bring up the fact that um, the Massachusetts Creators Award uh, recently recognized um, local uh, cable entities throughout the state uh, for uh, television and media within uh, the state of Massachusetts. And uh, the Method Community Media was nominated for their work in the 2019 uh, Method Mayoral Debate live from Chevalier. And uh, this was an event ca uh, coverage category at uh, this year's Mass Creator Awards. And the event category is for any citywide event covered for television, either live or taped. And uh, unfortunately, we did not win. But the fact that uh, we were mentioned, Mr. President, in um, a community access station 
that has one full-time employee. That's Patrick Gordon, he's the station manager. Mm -hmm. uh, other surrounding communities have three, four, upwards of nine. I believe Somerville Community uh, Television has uh, about nine full-time employees, Mr. President. Uh, and Patrick runs the station. He's done an admirable job with uh, very little resources there um, and uh, trying to attract Method residents to get involved. It's community access. But uh, I would personally like to thank him for his efforts and uh, thank um, the station volunteers for their efforts on being nominated for uh, the category of live event uh, and being nominated. And maybe next time we'll win, Mr. President. So I want to thank Patrick Gordon. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Councilor Caviello. Thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank Councilor Marks for bringing this up. Uh, Patrick brought it to our attention last uh, week after the meeting about the award, and it kind of slipped my mind. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, like Councilor Marks said, you know, he's one guy. Uh, he, he does work over here, he's at, at the station, uh, and I'm, I'm glad he's gotten some recognition for the work that he's done, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll look for more things uh, in the future from him. Thank you. Thank you, Council Knight. Council Bears. I'm sorry, Council Knight. Uh, also, while we're under suspension, Mr. President, um, I'd just like to take an opportunity to wish my mother a happy birthday today. Oh, happy birthday to Mrs. Knight. Yes, yes. I'm not going to tell you how old she is. Um, and also, I'd like to announce that uh, tomorrow at 6 p.m. at the Andrews School. What is tell that? us more, please. Is the uh, monthly community police meeting. You are correct. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for noticing. That was actually, the, I, it's funny. I was, I was trying to find out where the location was for tomorrow. So. <laughs> Thank you. You beat me to the punch. Thank you very much. Tomorrow night, 6 p.m., Andrews Middle School, the monthly method, uh, police, community police meeting. Everyone is welcome. Uh, so please uh, come down. It's your opportunity to ask uh, questions directly to the chief of police. And uh, he's, he does not leave until all questions are answered. So uh, definitely a nice opportunity to talk to the chief and have a cup of coffee and a donut or a muffin. So please come down, Andrews, Andrews Middle School, 6 p.m. Thank you, Council Knight. I'll be very quick. I think uh, Patrick Gordon would like me to remind everyone that you can join Medford Community Media for free. And they have a lot of resources and they're looking for more programs, bringing people down. Patrick's incredibly responsive. Um, and yeah, uh, head over there. It's free. And then it's not free in a lot of communities. So um, that's an important thing to note. That is correct. Thank you for bringing that up. And uh, congratulations to, uh, and thank you to Patrick Gordon. Um, like you said, Councilor Marks, it's nice to be nominated and to be recognized, and he should for all of his hard work. So uh, thank you for bringing that forward. Minutes. I'm sorry, records. The records of the meeting of January 28, 2020 were passed to Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Scarpelli, find how did records. you find those I records? I find the records stupendous. Stupendous. I move forward. <laughs> On the motion of Councilor Scarpelli to approve the record, seconded by Councilor Morell. All those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes and the records are approved. Beat that one next week. <laughs> On the motion to, uh, of Councilor Knight to adjourn the meeting, seconded by Councilor Beers. All those in favor? All those opposed? Meeting adjourned. <laughs> <laughs>